Hello, everyone. I'm glad to have you guys join us this week. I thought I'd start out today with a little story. I thought I'd tell you a little story of John and Mai's vacation that we used to take with the kids all the time. We would take this annual week-long vacation, and we would head to Wisconsin. And normally what we would do is we would borrow the motorhome from my mother and father-in-law, we would attach our bikes to it, and we would take them, and we'd go travel and try to see all the different state parks and all the different places that we could go. Well, I remember one year that, de that John decided that we should go on a bike trail that's the um, Elroy Sparta Trail. And I remember what he said was that, we're just gonna go through some train tunnels. And it sounded really simple enough and not too scary. And I thought, oh, okay, we could do that. Until that is, we got to the one tunnel. The one tunnel that you went to, you looked at it, had these big doors. And when it was opened, all you could see was this pinpoint of light way inside there. Come to find out that the tunnel was 3,810 feet long. So it was quite scary. So, you know, the thing is, when you're in that tunnel, it began to be a little bit creepy because it was so dark and there was water dripping. You know, if you get down to the middle of the tunnel, all you can do then at that point is, you know, be even more afraid because there's either, you know, that far to get back or that far to get out. So um, I've never been thrilled with the dark. You know, when complete darkness envelops me, I'm pretty much out, I would say. Um, not just dark, but complete darkness. And I think there's a difference in that. Um, I think if you've ever visited a cave, you know, we went on some vacations where we'd visit a cave and, you know, the, the people that worked in the cave would show you as you stood there how dark dark really is by turning off the lights. You know, those dark when you can't even see your hand in front of your face. It was terrifying. So that really complete darkness, utter darkness, I would say is extremely uncomfortable. It's unsettling. And what it does is it causes us to actually freeze in place. It causes us to really not want to take a step because we don't know what's going to be there, right? We don't know if there's going to be something there that's going to trip us up or, or maybe there is some danger lurking that we cannot see. Well, this is the way that God never wanted us to live. God never wanted us to live in darkness, utter darkness. It was never his plan to have us walk when we could not see. Now, the one thing God wanted us to have was to have the light. He wanted us to live in light and not in a blinded space. Um, he wants us to follow the light. Well, if you've been watching um, these messages for the last few weeks, you know that I'm actually teaching messages from the song Waymaker. That was a song that was written by a woman named Sanash that's actually the worship leader at um, Christ Embassy Church in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, when she wrote this song, what she did was she wrote this song really just um, praising God for the attributes that he has. The idea that he is this way maker, that he provides a way for us to reach our Father in heaven. That he is a miracle worker, that he actually performs miracles in each one of our lives on daily basis. And also just in us coming to Christ to have our eyes be able to see and our ears hear and to be able to walk and, and follow Jesus in the way that he intended also that he's a promise keeper. We know that God promises so many things and he's actually delivered on them. And also today what I want to talk to you about is the idea that Christ is also our light in the darkness. Um, you know, I would say that all of us want to have the comfort of light. You know, I think that if there's a big storm and we're, we're running into that season where there's going to be a lot of thunderstorms, if you're in a big storm and it's at night and all of a sudden the electricity goes out, 
What we do immediately is we run to try to either light some candles or grab a flashlight so that we can see what we're doing. We do that because it's uncomfortable. We try to get a flashlight or we try to light a candle because it's uncomfortable. You can't see, so you can't see where you're going and you can't see what you're doing, so you need to get some light. I think things that seem very um, okay in the light of day, suddenly at night becomes more uh, scary and dark and it makes us more cautious. You know, I, I think like even the simple thing like a chair being left out in an unusual place. You know, during the daytime, we can see that it's being left out, but at night when the lights go out, we wouldn't know that it's there. Well, John would always tease me years ago, and he'd say, I never want to come home in the dark of night without walking in and being able to see something because I would continually change the furniture around all the time when the kids were small. Um, there's a real reason for that, and that's because of spiders. Um, spiders don't like movement. They like things to be static. So if you change your furniture on a lot, you don't have as many spiders. That's worth the price of admission right there, you watching. So little, little token there for you. So one thing is that we like to have the light because when we can see, we don't have to worry about what's hiding in the dark. One of the things that we can do is we can move confidently about. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be apprehensive. We don't have to be fearful of what's there. You know, whereas dark, darkness is unsettling, light is comforting. Whereas darkness is paralyzing, light is freeing. Whereas darkness is fearful, light is calming. So this light that God wants us to have is exactly those things. These are the ways in which God actually wanted us to live. Not to live in darkness, but to live in light. So light was actually the very first thing that God created. If you read in Genesis, right from the very, very beginning, we could see that light was necessary, so necessary. It was the very first thing that he created in that very first creation week when he put his plan into action. In Genesis 1, 3 through 5, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. So the very first thing that God creates in this world was light. I think that's so interesting that one of the things it says in that scripture, it says he separated the light from the darkness. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that he started the very first thing by separating light from darkness? It's what he did then at the very beginning. It's what he still does today. He wants us to be separate from the dark. He wants us to have light and he wants it to be separate. He doesn't think those things match. So God created light and it says that he is the light. He didn't create darkness. Darkness was just nothingness. Darkness is, is just out there. There's no such thing as darkness. Darkness is just the absence of light. What's not there? What's not shining? Darkness can never creep into the light. And that's something for us to remember. But light always pervades the darkness. I think this is why it's so important for us to accept the light of the world who is Jesus and let him take over all those dark places that can live inside of each one of us. 
It says in John 1, 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I want to explain to you that no matter how dark this world gets, nothing will ever prevail over the light of Jesus Christ. I know this world has been crazy. This week has been out of control. And I know there's a lot of people that are really struggling. And it feels like it just seems like it's just so dark. I don't know if I can go on. Well, I want you to know if you trust in Jesus. That's what we need to trust in that get us through these tough times. You know, we said at the very beginning, I hope that you're paying attention to these messages. I hope that you're watching. I hope that you're staying close to Jesus. I hope that you're staying close to Jesus through these messages and through worship and through reading the word and our unified plan because this is what's going to keep that light not being extinguished in you. What's actually going to let it shine brighter is what we need to do. So no matter how dark this world gets, remember, nothing will ever prevail over the light. Our world, though, we know is filled with darkness and it's always out there trying to trip us up. God tells us to keep running to the one who is the light, the one who was there at the very beginning of time when all things were created and one who is going to be there at the very, very end for us. Just like I said last week, because he is the promise keeper. He says that he will never leave us, never forsake us. He'll always be there with us and he'll live inside of us as a light. You know, I love the simplicity of the message of Jesus. You know, I I think that sometimes we really make things more complicated. I love that God made it so easy for us to come to him and find our way to him and how easy it was for actually him to describe everything as light. I think it's so understandable. And I think that's what's so great about God is that he makes it explainable so easily to us that we can understand just like children. And I think that we need that. This simple message is amazing. It, it's, it's just life-altering what God can do when we accept that light. Well, let me ask you, how many of you were more afraid of the dark when you were younger? Did you ever grow out of it? You know, I'm sure some of you right now are saying, you know, the dark isn't so bad. I grew out, I'm not afraid of the dark. You know, what it is is you just have to let your eyes adjust to the dark. And then you can see well enough. And that is true. When we first go out into the darkness, what happens is is the dark seems almost blinding. Our eyes are straining. We're trying to to reach and, and see something out in the distance. We're trying to adjust. And our eyes can adjust to the darkness. We can become much more comfortable with it. But let me ask you, what if that's the problem? What if it's actually the issue, the problem that we have is because we've gotten just a little too comfortable with the darkness. Maybe we should never be able to adjust to the darkness that's out there. You know, maybe from what God's word has to say, maybe being afraid of the dark is something that none of us should ever have grown out of instead. You know, maybe the reason why these little kids that we have you know, grow up, you know, at the beginning they're so afraid of the dark, Maybe it's because it actually comes from our creator. And it wasn't that long ago that they were with him at the beginning. Maybe it's something that sadly what happens is we, as we grow, we become more and more accustomed to the darkness. And it becomes less scary. And it becomes more comfortable. 
Maybe we should be like those kids that never, ever get comfortable with the dark, that never are not afraid of the dark. Maybe what it is is we should be more wary of it ourselves. Maybe darkness really is our kryptonite, our weakness. That's what's causing us so many problems because we are so familiar and so comfortable and not afraid anymore of the dark. Well, I think if you've gotten too comfortable with the dark, then what we should do is we should examine our hearts and our lives. There's a great quote from Plato which says, we can easily forgive a child who's afraid of the dark, but the real tragedy, tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. So, so true. You know, this idea sometimes that we can be comfortable with the darkness. I think there's many people that walk around and they say they have a relationship with Jesus, but a lot of times they really live a lot of their life in darkness. They're not necessarily following the ways of God. A lot of times what they do is they try to, to say, yes, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus, I love him. I'm following him. But then they know that they're living a lot of their life hidden in the darkness because they know there's some things that they just really have never brought out to the light to let him take over and change. 1 John 1, 5 through 7 says, This is a message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, I think the problem is a lot of us sometimes really don't feel that comfortable getting that close to the light, and that's where our problems lie. See, that God wants us to take our lives and he wants us to let him examine them. He wants us to hold them up to him and say, show me where I fail. Show me where I have in, in, inadequacies. Show me where there's problems and there's struggles. But instead, what a lot of times we do is we say we love him, but yet we don't like let him take control of parts of our lives. We don't tell him when there's a, a matter of sin in our lives. We try to hide it from him. We try to keep it hidden in the dark. And we're only fooling ourselves because he can see all things. He knows all things. But light is so important. You know, if we look at how the sun rises and the sun sets and it's our day and how things are, are made clear in the light of day, that's exactly what God wants us to see when we come to him. He wants us to be able to see how good he is clearly. He wants us to not fumble in the dark and worry and fret and struggle. He wants us to hold tight to that light that he has. You know, light is what lets matter live in this world. If you take a plant and you hide it away in a dark room, that plant will search out for even the smallest beam of light and he'll turn toward it. It doesn't search out for darkness. It searches for the light. It's exactly what each of us should be doing in our daily lives. We should be searching out for Jesus every day. We shouldn't be filling ourselves with darkness. We shouldn't be watching things or listening to things or, or dwelling upon things that are dark. What we should be doing is we should be searching out the light and coming closer to him in a daily basis. John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You know, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, if you follow me, you won't walk in the darkness. When he said that, he said that to the people inside the temple. 
They were all there for the Feast of Tabernacles, which was a celebration of the time when the Israelites traveled for those 40 years in the wilderness. At the time when there was given to them this cloud, this pillar of a cloud and this pillar of light that would actually guide the people so that they could reach the promised land. You know, it says in Exodus 13, 21, it says the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with the pillar of cloud and he provided them light at night with the pillow of fire. This allowed them to travel by day and by night. You know, Jesus used this opportunity to try to reach those people. That's one thing that Jesus did so well. Whatever opportunity he had, if he was in an experience, he tried to use that experience. He talked to farmers because they were, he talked about sheep with the farmers. He, he knew exactly what example to use with the people. And he took this opportunity when they were standing there in this temple to use this opportunity to tell them about how he was the light. What he, did, what he did was he said he's the light that can guide someone out of the darkness and into the promised land. You know, these pillars of clouds and, and pillars of fire, they were there as a, a symbol of God's presence when they were out in the wilderness. And it was really interesting because he said to the people, it said, when they moved, the people were to move. But if they stayed, the people were to stay. And that would, would be what would keep them on the right path so that they didn't have to stumble around in the darkness. The problem with us is a lot of times we don't wait upon God. We don't wait upon God. We don't let him lead us. We try to out-lead him. When we want something, we go for it. We don't wait. We don't listen for him. We don't pay attention to him. What we do is we say, I'm just going to go my way. And a lot of times what happens is we fall into the darkness and we stumble around. See, God says if we follow the light, if, if we follow what he sets before us, if he, we take the light that he is, and if we wait and we pray upon things and we actually like think upon things and wait for his will, we'll save ourselves so much more trouble in the wilderness because that's what we're all living in right now. We're all living in a wilderness trying to make it, trying to follow the light. Don't stumble in the darkness. Wait for the light. You know, the same promise, like I said, it's for us today. Jesus is our light in this darkness. He's the one who's going to show us the way to the Father, which is our promised land. I think it's really sad that so many people really just struggle so much with truly following after God, truly waiting upon God. I think that we're in such a hurry so many times to get somewhere. You know, even in our faith sometimes, I, I see people that actually come to know Christ and they, they try to just, you know, absorb everything so fast and they don't understand that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's something that's going to take some time. And actually what happens is you really need to almost let God just work on you on a daily basis. You know, when you're going through a struggle to pray and ask for his help and when you see God answer that, just build your faith up on a daily basis. I think it's sad because so many people want God in an instant. They want him to answer prayers right away. They want him to change circumstances right away. And we can see that this is a God that's all on his timing. He's the light, yes. He's there for us. But a lot of times what happens is we try to outshine him. We're trying to actually be brighter than him. We're trying to go our own way instead of following him who's the light. You know, if we just let... Jesus lead us with that light, we would save ourselves so many more troubles in our life. And I think it's just a shame because so many people a lot of times say that they love him and they want to follow him and they're going to follow the light. 
but we see a lot of times what really happens is something that I've explained for many, many years as they've gone supernova. I think what they did was, you know, they wanted that light so bad and they started to follow and they, they tried to do all these things to really build up their faith so fast and they, they were doing it all so fast, so much and didn't, didn't really take the time to build their faith that they all of a sudden just burn out just like a light bulb does. We all know when a light bulb is going to go out, what happens is it gets much brighter right before it goes dim. And I think that's sadly what a lot of people do in their faith. Those are the people that actually get really annoyed with because those are the people a lot of times what they do is they say, I tried Jesus. I tried Christ. I tried being a follower. I was a Jesus follower at one time. And I would like to say, no, no, you weren't. You might have said that you accepted Jesus, but you weren't a Christ follower because you didn't wait upon him and you didn't do things in the way that he wanted you. A lot of times you didn't build yourself up with his word. You didn't really feed yourself in, in your worship so that you're, you're stronger in your walk with God. You didn't do those things. You just kind of just tried to, to run ahead and make it fast. And sadly, those are the people that cause so much destruction, I think, in Christendom. <laughs> The idea that they caused so many people to say, no, it wasn't real. And I think, no, it wasn't real for you because you didn't take the time. You know, I think following after Jesus is so life-altering. To accept that light of him in our lives is so changing. When I did, it was the best thing I ever did. It wasn't easy, like I said. It wasn't easy. But everything turned around. You know, I always described it as it's exactly that situation when Dorothy, you know, when she goes down and she lands in that other property where all those people are, are there, the little, the little people, and they're all singing the songs. And she says when she walks out, it went from black to white to this beautiful, amazing color, this technicolor dream that's happening in front of her. Now, I think that's exactly what happens when we follow after Jesus. I think he actually takes this dark, bland, sepia world and he actually turns into this amazingly beautiful colorful place that he wants us to live i think so many times that people really don't reach that they never get to the point where they actually see the beautiful colors they don't actually see the 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 beautiful places that god has for them because they never ever really reach there um, there's a story that i kind of wanted to read to you it's a story of a woman named rose crawford who had been blind for over 50 years she finally had an operation to correct her blindness in Ontario Hospital. Afterwards, she was crying and kept saying over and over again, I just can't believe it, as the doctor lifted the bandages from her eyes when she was able to see for the first time this dazzling world filled with form and color. But the saddest part of her story was that for the last 20 years of her life, her blindness was totally unnecessary. She wasn't aware of the fact that the surgical techniques had been developed that she could have had her vision restored when she was just 30 years old. The doctor said that she just always had figured that there was nothing that could be done. And it's sad because so much of her life could have been so different. I think that Rose's experience a lot of times is no different than what each one of us a lot of times can experience when we finally accept Jesus who is the light of the world. I think a lot of times, you know, we spent a lot of time walking around in the darkness, stumbling, falling, causing ourselves so much pain and struggles instead of just having our vision restored like we did finally. You know, all this time we could have been walking in this beautiful light that he gives us. You know, I think that so many of us are guilty of that. 
So many of us have a guilty of the idea of when we came to Christ, we look back and we think, why didn't I do it sooner? My life could have been so different. And I think sometimes we can have regrets over that. We can say that I, if I would have done it then, maybe my life or my kid's life or, you know, the future generations could have been different. But I want to give you some comfort in the idea that at least you see now clearly. How amazing is it that God gave you that sight so that now you can go out and you can tell others about the light that he's given you. That you see all the goodness of God and that now you can tell others of all the goodness that he's done in your life and he can change so many people around you. It's never too late. And I want you to understand that. It's never too late to come to the light and reach out for Jesus. If you've never asked for forgiveness, I just ask that you do that today. You know, right now, maybe your world is very, very dark. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're stumbling. Maybe there's people in your life that cause you nothing but pain and hurt. Well, I want you to know that your life could be filled with so much more rewarding and beautiful things if you just set your eyes upon him who is the light in the darkness, the one who will actually make your life so much better. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? We should never be afraid because we have the light of Jesus living inside of us. Actually, what should be afraid is the darkness should tremble. We sing that other song that says, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. And that's exactly what it should be for us. We should have the knowledge that we have the power of Jesus Christ that lives inside us once we accept him. And that we have the right to go and ask Jesus to go to our Father in heaven on our behalf and change circumstances. The darkness should never be something that we should fear, except the fact that like, we know that Jesus is right beside us, that he loves us and he's going to make things right, that he's going to shine his light upon all things when we come to know him. Let me pray for you. Well, Lord, I just ask, Father, right now, if there's anybody out there that has never truly just set their eyes upon the beauty of all the things that you offer. I pray that today's a day that they would change, that they would offer their life up to you and they would ask for forgiveness, for we're all sinners. They would ask that you would become their king of their life, Lord. They would follow you and they would actually work towards loving you and serving you and reaching people for Jesus in the way that you would want. I just pray for those. And Lord, I also pray for those of us who've accepted Jesus that really still are stumbling, still are falling, still are struggling in the dark, Lord. I just pray that you would help them, Lord, to set apart those things in their life that maybe are causing them problems and, and helping them to feel more discouraged and down. I just pray, Father, that you would help them to come close to you. I just pray for um, just a clean refreshment in your presence today. I pray that they would hear this message and they'd feel uplifted, that they'd feel comforted, and that they know that you love them and that you desire to have a closer walk with them. Lord, we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.